Welcome, everyone. My name is Peter Hackett. I am the Global Program Director for Cypher. Today, we are hosting the first of a series of podcasts. For our first episode, we are going to discuss cybersecurity considerations in response to coronavirus. And with me today is my colleague, Scott Krosky. Scott is the Global Chief Information Security Officer for Cypher. Scott, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Pete, for having me today. Thank you, Scott. So as everyone's aware, COVID-19 is affecting people and organizations everywhere. So Scott, the first thing I would like to discuss with you is employee safety. What are companies doing to keep their employees safe? Yeah, great, great question, Pete. And obviously, you know, employee safety is by far the number one priority because, uh, you know, employees are the core to any business. If your employees are not available um, and they're not healthy, then they cannot contribute to your business. Uh, so many companies are, or excuse me, many countries and companies are adopting uh, social distance policies, which uh, have been implemented pretty much worldwide um, in, in the major co- countries that have been affected here. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, a couple of important resources for safety, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the World Health Organization has, uh, you know, provided plenty of good advice. And uh, you can go to their websites and be able to download, you know, tips on, uh, you know, how to stay safe while at home. And, uh, you know, if when we return to working in businesses, um, you know, how you can stay safe um, working in a shared community as you uh, as you go forward. Yeah, employees are the core to any business, right? So um, that's an important, important topic. Um, what are the risks faced by businesses in the current environment? So, you know, there's a couple main risks that are faced by businesses right now. Um, first and foremost, uh, you know, they have less staff available, uh, whether their staff may be sick or maybe they're caring for family members, uh, or they may have to be being a parent as well as being an employee at the same time. A lot of, you know, schools are now closed down and, um, you know, parents have to make sure that their kids are conducting, you know, their, their school activities from home as well as making sure that their, um, you know, their businesses, uh, and their work is being completed as well too. So, um, you know, you don't have as much availability of your staff. The, the other, um, risk that's faced by businesses are that, you know, having a fully remote workforce can be less efficient for obvious reasons off the, you know, the staff not being available there, but, uh, there's a couple other reasons as well too. Even if your company is is accustomed to being a uh, fully you know or working remotely, I think that um, the uh, the fact that people are now working from home, and uh, if you have a spouse or a partner um, that's also working from home, you may find it a little bit more difficult to find your your nice quiet spot in the house to be able to um, you know, conduct your conference calls and, 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 and whatnot. So it's a little bit more distractions going on at home right now. And then, um, you know, from a cybersecurity perspective, um, you know, the risks, uh, faced by businesses are substantial in the fact that the size and the scope of your, your computer network, um, is now much larger and much more distributed as well too. So that's a, that's a risk that's faced by the IT teams and the, uh, information security staffs across the globe. Yeah. I think we can all relate to having, uh, to deal with uh, this new work environment right now with with kids in the background, pets in the background. So it's definitely something that uh, we're all struggling with right now. Absolutely. So, you know, how's the, how's the supply chain been impacted by COVID-19? So, I mean, there absolutely has been an impact to um, the supply chain and give you an example with technology systems. Um, you know, a lot of countries have outsourced the development of manufacturing goods to to China and other, other parts of the world. Uh, and since China was the location in which the, the virus initially spread and emerged, uh, a lot of 
a lot of manufacturing plants, um, you know, shut down or, um, you know, significantly reduced production uh, capabilities. So as a result, there's been a trickling effect um, across the globe and the availability of resources has uh, become slim. And uh, the, you know, IT systems in general are, uh, there's been a significant decrease in availability for IT systems. So, you know, the, the uh, smartphones, notebooks, notepads, um, the uh, servers and and I think it's important if you're in if you're if you're part of an IT department or uh, you're the CISO or the CIO of a company it's important during these times now to really take inventory of what you have in your stockpile for available uh, IT uh, hardware and equipment and uh, also take an inventory of what your critical systems and uh, you know servers are right now too so uh, you know, you shouldn't have to worry about depleting your available inventory on non-essential computer systems if those computer systems don't work anymore. You should really make sure that you save those for those critical systems and those critical employees that uh, that need them. Um, and if you do find yourself in the situation as well, to recommend just kind of reaching out to your suppliers and you know asking them the questions of, hey, you know, do you have a do you have any issues with keeping up with demand right now? Are there any shortfalls? And if so, um, you know, how long do you foresee those shortfalls lasting until you can be able to return to, um, you know, a normal, a normal um, process and ab- ability to, to deliver, you know, equipment and hardware to companies? And how does a remote workforce play into cybersecurity concerns? Well, so there's a couple things. Um, you know, first and foremost is uh, effective communications. If you're part of a cybersecurity team, um, having an effective communication platform is really, really important. Um, so a lot of there's there's vendors out there that offer those like Zoom, WebEx, uh, you know, Cisco WebEx, uh, the um, you know, Skypes of the world. Uh, you can even use the um, the on the, the the chat programs like Slack are also very good. But you, whatever it is, you need to be able to enable your um, your employees to be able to effectively communicate. And the reason why is, uh, you know, if they're transitioning from a, an office environment where they're used to talking with uh, people by walking down the hall, they may not have that opportunity anymore. So they need to be able to talk. One example, well, uh, you know, why that's important from a cybersecurity perspective was a vulnerability that came out about a week and a half ago, which was called SMB ghost, which was a vulnerability in the windows SMB version three protocol, which, um, Microsoft had to issue an out-of-band patch for. And, and the reason why was because it was so critical. Uh, it was a remote code execution vulnerability that uh, really could have been pretty nasty. Um, so your workforce, if this is encountered now where everyone's working from home, uh, the IT team not only has to effectively communicate to make sure that they can identify those computer systems that are affected, but be able to deploy that patch as well too. And can you give us some other examples of cybersecurity threats that are emerging out there? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple of them out there. I mean, there's been actually a, a lot in the last couple of weeks. Specifically, um, the cyber criminals are capitalizing on the fact that uh, everyone's talking about coronavirus and COVID-19. So they're using that to their advantage. A uh, couple examples. One, um, everyone you know is familiar with the coronavirus maps that are out there because um, everyone wants to know you know how how many infections are currently in my current location or what country. Um, so you know about a week and a half ago, cyber criminals realized this and they took uh, one per- map in particular and and embedded malware in it. 
So when people went to go visit that map, they were also not only looking at the map, but uh, malware is being delivered to their computer system. So that's one. Um, another example was that, you know, we've seen an increase in cyber attacks against hospitals and governments. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, hospitals are really, really vulnerable right now because they're on the front lines of dealing with this pandemic. Um, but, uh, you know, there was an example just last week where a Czech hospital was hit by a cyber attack, um, specifically ransomware uh, attack that took down their computer systems. And I mean, imagine trying to, to care for the sick uh, and you don't have any IT systems available. So that's, that's really scary. Um, one other example was from a mobile security device or mobile device, um, so smartphones. Uh, you know, you, there was actually a a, a coronavirus tracker application that uh, promised you safety by using your GPS location and letting you be aware of the number of coronavirus cases nearby you. Um, so you know, people started to download that, but in reality, what they were downloading was a malicious application that uh, was called COVID Lock. And instead of giving them what they promised, they basically installed ransomware on the computer or excuse me, on that smartphone device and uh, essentially locked down those smartphone devices and tried to collect ransom off of uh, off people. Thanks, Scott. Th those are a lot of good examples there. And uh, yeah, I can't imagine the, uh, the stress that the healthcare system is under right now and to have to worry about, you know, cyber threats on top of that is even more scary. Um, how can businesses increase cyber awareness within their organizations? So cyber awareness is definitely um, something that, that every business should be considering right now and making sure your employees are aware of the current threats. I mean, there's nothing new here. I mean, from, from phishing perspective and just being aware of the different types of social engineering operations that can be directed at organizations. But uh, everyone is, is thinking about coronavirus right now. And um, it's just the, the, the new topic of the day that everyone's talking about and the criminals are talking about it as well too. So they realize that it's uh, something that they can use as a, a way in which they can craft themes um, to be able to deliver social engineering attacks against organizations. So I, like I said before about the, um, the coronavirus, um, you know, application, the, the tracker or the, um, uh, the world health map as uh, one, but, you know, also things like, uh, you know, impersonating credible organizations like the world health organization, you know, world health organization about a week and a half ago came out and said, Hey, we would never ask for your login information. We would never ask you to visit a third party link, you know, so, so really take this opportunity to let your employees know that, if, uh, you know, if they're, if they're, if they're surfing social media or if they're, um, you know, got an email to their corporate account that's talking about, you know, a, a new, um, <clears throat> a new way in which that uh, coronavirus can be tracked or maybe a cure is coming down the road or wh whatever it is that, you know, something that is going to catch their attention, um, double check and think about it before you click that link. And, uh, you know, it could be uh, being targeted by a, uh, a scammer or, or a criminal. And what controls do you recommend to harden the environment for remote workers? So hardening is, uh, is actually a really important thing right now, too, especially since your workforce is distributed. Um, NIST Special Publication 846 uh, does a really good job of identifying three areas in which you should look at. Um, this is a publication that's been out there for, for a little bit, but um, you know, definitely should be reviewed by IT departments. The, the first area is telework security. 
Um, you know, how do you, how do you ensure the, the security of those distributed uh, laptops and computer systems that employees are using? The second area that it covers is uh, remote access security. So how do you make sure that your you know, VPNs are secured and, you know, what are considerations you need to have as far as, um, you know, being able to deploy those secure remote uh, services. And then the third area is um, BYOD security or uh, bring your own device security, which is essentially uh, employees using personal smartphones or computer systems to be able to access uh, company and corporate networks. Great. Thanks, Scott. And um, what specifics does the NIST publication go over? Yeah, so I mean, there's a couple of them here, obviously, for like uh, <clears throat> mobile device risks, it talks about um, if you're using uh, smartphones uh, for, for employees to, to utilize a, what's called an MDM or a mobile device management uh, solution. Uh, if that's the case, then you have the ability to do that. If you don't, you know, obviously education to make sure that employees are aware that they shouldn't be downloading, you know, applications that may be um, malicious, you know, anything that's using the um, the current, uh, you know, current nomenclature of COVID or coronavirus, there's a potential that they may have, um, you know, maybe malicious software that's installed there. From a VPN perspective, um, you know, obviously there, we've seen an increase in uh, focus of cyber actors targeting VPN technologies. There's really three main threats to VPN technologies. The first one is um, taking over accounts. The second one is, you know, hijacking sessions. And the third one is a denial of service where an adversary could potentially take that VPN concentrator and knock it offline. So now you have the um, degradation where your employees can't log in securely anymore. So there's definitely risks to those VPN concentrators right now. And uh, what we recommend and what NIST recommends is to uh, increase your vulnerability assessment uh, frequency on those VPN concentrators. So at least every week you should be scanning those from a vulnerability assessment perspective and looking at what the risks are to those and ensuring that VPNs are either constantly patched or any kind of uh, misconfigurations are addressed quickly. Um, and then a lot of VPN uh, technologies utilize multi-factor authentication for remote access, and that's really important right now too, because uh, username and passwords are not typically seen anymore as a secure way to be able to log in to online resources. Uh, so the VPN concentrators are certainly online resources because you can pretty much connect to it from anywhere. Um, in most cases, when you have a distributed workforce, you're going to open up the VPN concentrator to the entire internet or, or to certain regions of the, uh, the internet there so that your employees can work. And uh, by adding a second factor authentication, such as uh, SMS text messaging or a uh, authentication app that can be installed that delivers, you know, every 30 seconds, a new six digit, um, you know, pin to log in. Um, those types of things are, would go a, a long way in, in increasing your security. And then finally, from the uh, endpoint perspective, um, given that there's been an increase in phishing activity from cyber actors using coronavirus, um, your endpoints are at risk. And when I mean endpoints, I mean your laptops um, and, and so on and so forth. So ensuring that employees are using company-issued computers uh, that have company deployed, you know, security policies and security technologies on it, like endpoint protection is absolutely important. Now, I understand that there's going to be cases where some individuals may not be able to uh, use company issued equipment, but still need to work from home. So they may be using personal computer systems. Uh, I mean, given in this 
day and age, it's, there's, there's a risk associated with it, but you know, companies probably have to take that risk and ensuring that their employees can still work from home. Um, so what I recommend from that perspective is ensuring that employees are using um, secured personal systems. And, and what do I mean by secured personal systems? I mean, you know, make sure that they're running endpoint protection or antivirus on their system. And uh, the big one here is make sure that it's not shared with other family members. Even prior to um, working remote, that computer should only be have been used um, by that employee. And the reason why that's important is because, and, you know, I, I can attest to this personally, you know, my, my niece and nephew, they love jumping on, you know, uh, their parents' computer systems and uh, downloading games. And, and a lot of those games are free and, and, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, free is not necessarily always free. It could be free from a monetary perspective, but um, typically the, uh, uh, you know, free software um, is uh, also embedded with other uh, code that's downloaded on the computer systems. And, um, you know, they usually look to collect information about the user's behavior on the computer and be able to deliver. Most of the time it's marketing related, you know, deliver ads or deliver uh, information to the user that or the, the computer that, um, you know, is maybe relevant to them. But uh, not all of them are uh, marketing based. There, there are some pretty nasty, uh, you know, code that's uh, it could be used for malicious purposes um, by these free software programs that could, um, you know, uh, be be watching and, and and collecting the information that you're you're using on your computer system. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. And can you go into a little bit about MDR and how that might help? Yeah, so MDR is as uh, an acronym that stands for Managed Detection and Response. Um, there's a number of cybersecurity companies that uh, that offer that capability. Uh, we here at Cipher do as well. Uh, we our, our our offering is called Cipherbox, and it's really a turnkey analytics solution that is quick to install and provides a, a company with immediate access to 24-7 security operations and um, being able to have a, a remote security operations center monitor your environment. And your environment can be um, it could be your on-premise environment that is, um, you know, in your in your in your office that has, you know, racks of servers that uh, that are installed. Or if you've migrated to the cloud and you have uh, resources in AWS or Azure, uh, off, you know, you're using maybe Office 365 and or Google um, or other cloud providers. Um, you know, the, uh, the Cypherbox solution has the ability to be able to um, connect with those environments and, and monitor for, for risky activity against those environments. And the big key takeaways from an MDR service is that, you know, it does provide you that 24-7 SOC as a service. It also does the real-time monitoring uh, and, you know, it has the ability to do your network intrusion detection and the endpoint intrusion detection and response capabilities. Um, another key part to the MDR services are uh, specifically with Cypherboxes. It allows the um, ability to do vulnerability assessments where we can uh, scan your network and identify potential risks that an attacker could use to exploit your network. And that's really, really important right now, especially as we said before about those VPN concentrators. So having an increase in looking at, um, you know, those systems is, is, is important. Yeah. And this is probably a good time to talk more about Cypher and what we do. Can you, uh, Go into that a little bit in detail, Scott. Yeah, I can. So Cypher is a global service provider. We've been around for a little over 20 years. Um, we're currently operating in 15 countries. We do have six security operation centers uh, across Latin America, North America, and EMEA. Um, and we are a full solution service provider. So what I mean by that is we do... Um, we do professional services that are project-based one time or multiple, you know, a couple time engagements. Um, you know, there's three main categories here. The first one is red team services, which is your, you know, ethical hacking, penetration testing. We do uh, code analysis. 
Um, we also do, uh, you know, digital forensics and response capabilities under that program. We have a governance risk and compliance program as well too, which focuses on making sure your organization is compliant with uh, well-known risk frameworks like such as NIST cybersecurity framework, uh, ISO 27001. We can do certifications in that, uh, that regard, um, GDPR, uh, those types of things. So that's our GRC um, program. We also have uh, cyber technology integration or CTI. Um, where w through our, our global chain of partners we, and, and product uh, providers for cybersecurity technologies, we can provide you a very affordable rate of security, um, you know, security tools to be able to protect your network. Uh, and in cases, if you want to, we can help architect and install it as well. So those are the professional services. We also have managed services as well, which are um, longer engagements that are continuous over, uh, you know, 24-7 operations. Uh, we have our managed security services, which is really our, our bread and butter that we've had for over 20 years. Um, whether it's fully managing or co-managing your security stack, we can um, be able to, from, uh, from our security operations center, be able to uh, monitor and utilize your, uh, your various security technologies, whether it's a SIM platform and or firewall technologies, endpoint protection technologies, web application firewalls, proxies, um, you know, threat deception technologies, you name it, we can, uh, we can, we can provide you and manage those services for, for organizations. Uh, I did mention about our MDR, Managed Detection Response Capabilities through Cypherbox. It's that uh, SOC as a service. Uh, it's really tailored to small, mid-sized, and even some large enterprises as well. And then, uh, and then finally, our cyber intelligence services, which is really focused on uh, analyzing the internet uh, through the clear web and the, you know, the, the deep and dark web to be able to identify potential risks against your organizations that, uh, that may come up in the future. Thank you, Scott. Is there anything else you want to mention to our audience before we wrap this up? Yeah, I mean, just to, you know, obviously the biggest thing right now is, is I'm, I'm wishing and hoping everyone stays safe out there. And as with all things that, uh, you know, we've uh, encountered before, uh, we as a global community will eventually overcome this. So, you know, whether that's uh, weeks or a couple months, um, you know, eventually we'll get back to a, a good a good state and definitely, um, definitely looking forward to, to being able to get there with, uh, with everybody and looking forward to working with businesses to get to that location. Great. Thank you, Scott. And um, really appreciate your time. This has been very informative and I look forward to our next podcast. And for any of our listeners out there who are interested in our services, please reach out to us via our marketing department, which can be reached at marketing at cipher.com. Thank you.